Happy Halloween, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, and suspects. What you're about to hear is a clip from our exclusive Patreon commentary for 1984's Silent Night, Deadly Night. How do you hear the full thing? Become a member of our Patreon, The Rewind. You can find a link in the description of this episode, or you can visit www.patreon.com slash Halloweeniespod. Hope to see you there so we can give you one more scare. I sort of, I feel like I have a vague memory of seeing the commercial when I was a kid, even though they got pulled very fast. Uh, thanks to a uh, mother from Milwaukee. I have her name somewhere in my notes that we'll talk about later. She was the one who kind of kickstarted the protests because they were playing at the commercials during the Green Bay Packer game. But I didn't see it until the Anchor Bay release in my early 20s. Got it for Christmas when I was still living at home. I lived in my parents' basement. And my sister came back home a little tuned up. She'd been out all night. And came down to the basement and uh, we got drunk and watched Silent Night, Deadly Night. And uh, it was a kind of a Christmas tradition for a while there. That feels like that's the best way to watch this, too. I, that's now, just, obviously, I mean, if you're sober, there's also just a fun way to watch it with your friends. But I think that uh, obviously it doesn't hurt if you're a little inebriated for this one. <laughs> I, I certainly think it helps. So before we get into it, just uh, some things I wanted to bring up about uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. It was released by TriStar Pictures, who we mentioned, who, uh, here's some fun bit of trivia. TriStar was owned by Coca-Cola at the time, and uh, the Santa Claus that we know was yes. all but designed by Coke. That's right. Hence now, the red uh, jacket, right? The red coat? Yeah. And the, I think, the, yeah, the red jacket for sure, maybe the beard, I'm not sure about all that where and all those and old all those old the drawings of him holding a coke <laughs> exactly santa's so, love for coke came from coca-cola <laughs> i'm sure some people who worked on this movie have a love for coke maybe not the same <laughs> coke that we're talking about but it was released on november 9th 1984 and uh it outgrossed another landmark horror classic that opened that day do you guys know which one that was would that be gremlins no, that no it was came 84 because Gremlins was the same year, but it was the summer, which is oh, always yeah, weird to me. It's like Christmas. Well, I got re released around Christmas, though. Oh, they did. Uh, give, yeah. me, give me a hint. Give me a hint. Um, uh, we did a season of our show. Oh, oh, uh, Nightmare uh, 2? Uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street came oh, out. I wow. the original is before 84. November yeah, I should know that. No, it's 84. 1984 and outgrossed it, mm. kicked its ass. But now that said, uh, Silent Night, Dead Night was playing on 398 screens in the Midwest and Northeast. Elm Street only on 235. Okay, I think eventually it was probably uh, <laughs> yeah. outpaced. One also, too, hair. I mean, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night only cost 750000 made $2.5 million at the box office. Yeah, not a not a bad take. No, and, so uh, 300% of its uh, take, pretty much. Despite the movie being a moneymaker, TriStar pulled the ads. It was the ads that really got the movie in trouble. Uh and they have the filmmakers considered maybe if it had released been released around Halloween, there wouldn't have been as much trouble. Uh, but if you really look at this uh, producer who I really like, uh, I have to, uh, his name is in my notes. Dino Dealer. <laughs> no, I wish Dino I, never I, was is Ira Richard Barmack. Yes, Ira Richard Barmack. I think he knew exactly what he's doing because if you read any interviews with him, he seems like a snake oil salesman in the best mm. possible way. I really like the style. But uh, the ads were pulled 10 days into the film's release. Uh, eventually, the film was pulled from theaters due to the controversy. And now, <laughs> I, I admit that I think sometimes, particularly parents groups, are a little moralistic and a little sensitive about this. But I do think maybe showing these commercials during the likes of, like I said, the Green Bay Packers game, Three's Company, and Little House on the Prairie might Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. You know, I get it. I get it. I can understand that. And then uh, the film was 
they wanted a major re-release in May of 85 and 86 by Aquarius Films, but uh, it only hit like a couple theaters in like some smaller markets. Well, bless its heart, as I yeah. always say. Bless its heart, indeed. So we got guys... their milk. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, would you guys say that the three is the garbage? Or no, two is the garbage day, right? Yes, yes it is. Th that, I mean, that's more famous. I do feel like that's more well-known than this movie is or meme, at least that bit in yeah. pop culture I, and yes i would i would say it's the most quotable I'd say in, in internet culture maybe but i think yeah. in the real world i'm always surprised at how many people not only adore this movie but also 1974's black christmas which if you're talking about the big christmas horror movies is my personal favorite oh black christmas is a 10 out of 10 uh, for me uh, amazing yeah i love yeah. it um i something else about this movie uh, that we people haven't quite learned that when you protest a movie it only draws more attention to it I don't think people have figured that out yet. How many years has it been? How many years is it going to take? Oh, Gene Siskel said, shame on you in the uh, YouTube. There's a YouTube clip, actually. Yeah, just, I'm uh, running to the theater crazy. when I hear things like that. I'm running yeah. like that's just like, what is this about? How, why is it so provocative? Now I'm in, now I'm intrigued, you know? And I really do think I don't know if this movie necessarily delivers on provocative, but I do think it's a lot of fun. And I hope that everybody listening and I hope Dan, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it. I think I will. I mean, I I like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for just kind of, once again, I know this is different from Black Christmas and Christmas Evil, but th that, that like sort of perversion of Santa Claus, I'm into that. You know, I really like that. And those movies all have, seem to have a really nasty streak. Like, oh, I like Krampus. Don't worry. And, this one's definitely nice and nasty. Don't yeah, worry like, about that. I, I, you know, I like Krampus. I like, I, I mean, I love <laughs> Gremlins, obviously, but like, there's a certain, there's just like a, like a grodiness um, to these films. Black Christmas, maybe not so much. Well, I but think also what makes still kind of, you know, yeah, what makes Black Christmas so good? I mean, one of the things is I because I, I watched the Silent Night Day Tonight uh, remake today from 2012, and it's just like every Christmas horror movie since Silent Night Dead Tonight seems to just do the same things, which is to have somebody get choked by a string of lights. Like they utilize Christmas too much, whereas <laughs> Black Christmas works because Christmas is just kind of there in the background, and I think that's what makes it more interesting in the grand scheme of Christmas horror. Rather than just, oh, we're going to use all these weird Christmas things to kill people. Um, Which are used in every single movie at this yeah. point. You know, they, I don't even think they do it in this one. This one's pretty straight up just axes fucking axes and, or, yeah. and knives and arrows. box cutters. Yeah. Bows and arrows, too. So um, the way Ambers. we do this, guys. Oh, we got to talk about the, the drinking game, too. Oh. With, with drinking. Uh, oh, yes. We oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I've never seen it. So y'all y'all uh, go to town. Pour up your eggnog. Uh, well, I think you have to... Uh, at least, I think you have to finish your drink anytime somebody says naughty. I was that was my suggestion. It's because there's a yeah, that's definitely something to consider. That's a big thing Let's in this that. movie. Uh, take a shot every time you see some boobs. That's a good one. That's that's healthy because you'll you'll space it out. It's actually quite <laughs> spaced out in this film. And then uh, we have to finish the drink, so we'll take a take a sip every time you see a favorite childhood toy. Yeah, because they, they are all. This isn't just like some generic toys in this movie. That's a good point. I think we're um, gonna end up spending most of our episode talking about the toys in the background of the, of the Toy Story. You got some. I, think, I see some toys in your background, uh, uh, Vanderbilt. You just got some Star Wars, a guitar, Malort. Um, oh, so, those are Star Wars. The greatest toy of them all. Malort. Ideal ripoffs. Star Wars ripoff toys are my favorite thing to collect. <laughs> Star Wars. They're actually more expensive, I think. I think they're worth more than the actual Star Wars toys. Like like John Solo or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show I'll show you guys later. But yeah, John he's hanging out Solo. there with Ultraman and J A H N. Yeah. 